You're now tuned in to the Desire to Trade podcast, a show where we bring you the best figures of the trading world and teach you how you can become a successful trader. This is your host, Etienne Kret. What's up, guys? It's Nkat here, founder of Desire to Trade. Welcome to episode 68 of the Desire to Trade podcast. A couple of weeks ago, I met a trader online on Facebook, a fellow Canadian. And after talking with him, I figured out that he's coming from Montreal as well, the city I'm in right now, even though I'm about to move. More on that in a future episode. I really wanted to record an interview with him. And this episode of the podcast is an interview recorded with Jean-François Boucher. You'll see that he has a lot of experience in the market. And he spent a lot of energy trying to help traders as well in his community and online. He's been really active in the Facebook group. And by the way, I really recommend you guys to check out the Facebook group at thisartotrade.com forward slash group. It's a straight link to the Facebook group and you can join for free. Jean-Francois specializes mostly in scalping. He's trading on really smaller time frame. And he's one of the first guests on the podcast to talk about this topic. You see that the lessons are really high level. And you're really going to get something out of this interview. So I strongly recommend you listen until the end. And feel free to reach out to him or to me if you have any questions at the end of the podcast. Jean-François Boucher, welcome on the podcast. How are you doing today? Great. You? Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And we talked a little bit before and I know a little bit what you're doing. I'm really excited to see what you're going to have to see on the podcast because you have a lot of experience, right? Oh, I've been doing this for a little while. Yeah, I started trading in the 90s when I was working for IBM. I took opportunity with their employee purchase plan. And so every paycheck, I would purchase some IBM stocks and uh, trade them. I ended up doing that for a number of years to the point where I traded my way out of the company. Around 2006, 2007, I started venturing into Forex after having lost countless amounts of money, trying options and futures and getting margin calls and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much how I went about starting to trade. Pretty cool. So we always have a quote that we ask the guests to start with. And it's, what is one quote that inspires you? 99% flat. Stay 99% flat always. If you're going to gamble, gamble 1%. If you're going to put on a trade that's not a gamble, put on 1%. No matter what, put on 1%. That way you're guaranteed to come back tomorrow for the other 98%. If you win, hopefully you win more than 1%. That's a pretty nice rule. I hope everyone has that rule on their plan. Yeah, That's it should cool. be a basic one. A lot of websites that I see and a lot of the stuff that I read makes reference to using no more than 5%. 5% is a quick way to failure. Yeah. 1% keeps you coming back. Uh, less than 1%, you're very conservative, but at least you'll be here for tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after, long enough to sort out your plan and long enough to sort out your strategy. So always start small. And if you're going to start with real money, be it not scared money. Scared money is probably the worst thing you can use. You'll make drastic moves. You'll make stupid moves. And you'll probably panic in the market, which is probably what you're not trying to achieve. Yeah. And a lot of people end up that way, unfortunately. And that's kind of bad. But yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. The demo platforms are awesome. If you already have a plan and you're trying to work out the bugs, 
or if you're trying to come up with a plan, you want to see what each different pairs trade like. You want to be able to try different things without costing you. Do that in demo. But definitely to be a trader, you have to trade real money. I got to the point where I'm oblivious to risk. So I started trading other people's monies. That way the risk is not mine anymore. You know, they pay me for my performance. We'll talk about that a little bit because I'm interested. I started doing that too recently. But what I want to dive into a little bit is how you started to trade exactly and how was the process to learn how to trade? I did it all on my own. I used the internet. All the resources were free. Baby Pips was just beginning at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, that's in the early 2000s. So there's very little out there. You had to be wary of everything. Everything had this scam label attached to it. Uh, <laughs> so you had to do your own due diligence. A lot of websites promoted EAs and robots and easy, quick cash, and that's not the way it is at all. You have to put in your time. You have to put in you know, the effort. And uh, the know-how comes with time and practice, and it won't come otherwise. There's no cheap way out of it. I think it's pretty much the same way today. They didn't change that much, no? No, no. Things are absolutely the same. Yeah. The, the, the pictures are HD now. <laughs> okay. no, but it, yeah. it's still the same man on the same beach on the same laptop. If you look at his laptop, it's a 286. You know, it's uh, <laughs> really nothing's changed. <laughs> Pretty cool. And so how long did it take for you to become profitable from the time you started to trade? Uh, with trading Forex, well, trading the IBM stocks, at the very beginning, trading stocks in general is kind of deceiving. If we go back to Enron and Briex, and you know, these people bought rumors and basically were sold a lie and were hoping to get out on the news. And what they got was failure. So, you know, buying into stocks is something else. You're buying into a future, you're buying into something that may never happen or something that may not even exist. Doing this in currency, uh, trading currencies, you have a much better chance of getting your money out of the market, be it. Don't use too much margin, you know, keep your leverage low and all that kind of stuff. So you could do this if you're smart, if you're wise. And when I started, there was so little information out there. Everybody says or said uh, money management, money management. Nobody said what that meant. You know, I was buying stocks with my IBM paychecks. I didn't need money management. I was dollar cost averaging. I didn't need money management. Now doing this stuff. To stay in the game, you need to manage what you have at risk all the time. We are risk managers, professional losers, be it, but risk managers. You know, how many millions of trades do you place in a lifetime? Yeah, the goal is to reach Six Sigma, you know, perfect quality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that analogy for sure. So how long did that take for you to become profitable in, in Forex? Uh, from, from about 2004 to 2007, it was up and down, up and down. 2007, 2008, I was break even. And then 2008 onwards, it was just uh, gravy. That's pretty yeah. much the process, right? You start with a small loss and then go to break even and then go to some profit. As soon as you reach break even, you have butterflies in your stomach because you can see potential future. You can see what the outcome of this can be. You know, you start making plans for this coming money, <laughs> but that has to be restrained. Like you can't go all out and start betting the farm just because you think you're now profitable because mm -hmm. you'll blow your account. The same money management, the same 99% flat applies. Grow your account slow and steady and like a hockey stick. You know, the ramp will look just like a hockey stick. At some point, you'll reach this 
no turning back and it's just skyrocketing and, and that's the power of you know compounding and percentages so it, it's an awesome game awesome game love it and so another tough question what did you change to go from losing money to becoming profitable like what happened was it just making less mistakes was it changing something or for me it was removing everything that was confusing me i had too many indicators too many moving averages too many this too many that trying to tell me what to do i needed to make my own decisions so i removed all the indicators i removed all the colors i don't know if you've noticed all the stuff that i post i try not to use the color red because it's so negative <laughs> I'd rather use green and purple or like blue and yellow or something like that. So even the colors that I use are more or less optimistic type colors. I cleared up my screens, my desktop, my countertops. At the time, I did not let the pets in the room. Now I do. A journal was a big, big thing. You know, as soon as I started including my moods into my journal, keeping track of how I felt when I put in the trades and not just numbers and crunching stuff, I started to keep track of mood swings and things that would happen when I did experience a loss and what time of day that was, you know, and, and so you can organize your schedule. It all boiled down to me overtrading. And so overtrading because of my indicators. I removed the indicators, I removed the overtrading, and I narrowed down my time frame to a couple hours in the morning and I have the rest of my day to do whatever I want to do. And you kind of have a different trading style than I think most guests we had on the podcast because you're scalping, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, three pips in, three pips out. Once in a while, I'll scout my way into a long-term position. And for me, long-term is something that's overnight. Very, very seldom am I in there for more than 36 hours. I have to remove the risk from the table. I trade for, uh, it's a family trust. And the lawyers that I signed with basically have asked me, you know, not to give out too much information, but the scalping is what they're hired me for. They want in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out very quickly without having to use a machine. And I'm agreeable to that. You know, I keep my universe per se to six or seven symbols and that's about it. You know, I don't overextend myself. I'll, I'll do five or six trades and that's it. But I do, you know, 10, 15 lots at a time. So. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of misconception about scalping. Like people think it's hard. So how it, hard do you think it is? It's not. If you use price action and just a simple three-bar reversal, which is the same thing your fractal indicator would show you, you can do it. You know, three pips in, three pips out. I use an ATR to tell me how much room I have. I use an ADR to tell me how much of the day is already used up, and that's it. You know, it's really, really simple. Direction is key, and if you can manage to withhold your wits together and move 10 or 15 lots at a time, you can make a pretty penny in just one trade. Mm -hmm. And how many trades do you take in a day, for example? If it's my own account, I'll do 50, 60, 70. If oh. I'm trading for the family trust, I'll do maybe six, seven. But they're okay. pretty heavy trades. Small, small. I'm reaching for a small gain and even smaller loss, but I do it very, very heavily. Uh -huh, uh -huh. That's the thing with scalping. Yeah. And how long does that take you to take 60 to like 50 to 60 trade per day? If it's my own account, I'll probably start in the morning, six o'clock my time, which would be about eight-ish your time, EST. I'll trade until noon. So it's four hours. I, I do four or five hours max. It's only After that, I start to lose good. interest. What's that? It's only like four hours, pretty good. 
Yeah. Yeah, four hours. And uh, the turnaround is about 300, 400 pips. You know, it's wow. average batting rate, 70, 60%. It doesn't have to be perfect. Even in the low 30s, you can make a pretty penny, you know, if you're swing trading. So, yeah, it's a matter of mathematics. I, My system, the way I figured it out, three up, three down, as long as I'm consistent, I'll come out ahead. You know, I use price action. I reach my daily targets and I walk away. I no longer overtrade, sorry. <laughs> I try to. Now that I'm reconnecting with Facebook and all this kind of stuff, I'm being steered into looking at other things like gold and uh, stuff like that. Gold has always been on my menu, but it's not something that I traded as of late. But now I'm starting to look at it more and more. And there's other things like oil. Oil I traded for one of the other funds that I worked with a year or so ago. I traded that quite heavily. But that's overnight. I, the, the best oil trading is you know, done in the wee hours of the morning. But that's, yeah, that's me. But I think one of the traits you had to develop was focus, right? Because you cannot Absolutely. be everywhere and expect to scalp, I guess. No, it's basically it. Focus on one plan, one system, one methodology, one time of day. Everything has to be one, 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 one. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The holy grail, there is none. The holy yeah. grail is you. Number one. Number one is the holy grail. You're the only one that can dig yourself out of a hole if you dig yourself into one. So, you know, this whole trading business depends on you. It's not what the signals tells you to do. It's not what the EAs tell you to do. It's not what the indicators, it's what the price tells you it's doing and then react accordingly. And that's, it's that. Like a three bar reversal on a one minute chart, uh, you compare that to a five minute chart for your trend and it's next to impossible to lose if you know what you're doing. Uh-huh. And from those seven pairs that you follow, how many yep. of them do you trade? you trade all of them or do you like focus no. on one for the day? I tend to choose the euro, just me personally, because that's the one that I trained with for mm-hmm. two years. That's the only one that I trained or traded. That was back in 2008, 2009, and the bit of 2010, I traded only the euro. And basically got really accustomed to its rhythm and what happens at what time of day. And that's how I chose to trade in the morning, you know, to the overlap with the New York Open has a lot of momentum there. And there's uh, opportunities granted to you daily, absolutely daily. Uh, In some circles, that's referred to as the bankers close. You know, the bankers want to go to bed. (laughs) So they have to close their banks, they have to close their market. And that's the, so happens to be the overlap between London and New York. And so you can take advantage of that momentum on a daily basis. Yeah, no, from my own experience, it's been a good place to trade for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to transition a little bit into how you trade for other people. So it's kind of a different game when you start to trade for other people, right? It's kind of a different yeah. thing because you have to, sometimes you have bigger amount of money to trade. Absolutely. But the 99% rule remains true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't want to blow their account because then you lose your job. <laughs> and did you find it easier or more difficult I, to trade for your people? I found it removed a lot of stress. I knew I could perform. I knew trading, I could do it. Doing it with my own money, I always had this little man on my shoulder, you know, this little evil guy on my shoulder telling me not to lose, don't lose, don't lose, don't lose. I couldn't deal with that. Uh, so by trading somebody else's money, if I lose, well, I still have dinner on my table it's you know i took away his dinner not mine yeah. so <laughs> seeing it but yeah sure by pushing away the risk i now trade stress-free mm-hmm. and 
stress-free trading is the best. It's like going back into demo. You know, there's really no tickling me anymore. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And how do you deal with this? Because I guess you had a series of losses, right? Oh, yeah. So how do you yeah. deal with that when you trade for uh, someone else? The journal helped a lot. Basically, what I discovered is my winning streaks were extremely long, like 25, 27 trades. Wow. And then when I had a losing streak, it would be seven or eight trades. So I had to figure out a system that would allow me seven or eight trades of loss in a row and still be viable and come back to trade the next day. So the most I'll take now with other people's money is four losses in a row. If I happen to have four in a row, I walk away. Uh, and that's, no, I'm done for the day. For the day, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, if I reach my 10 wins for the day, I walk away. And, and you have a percentage of drawdown that you're limiting yourself to? That's right. I'm limited to only 3% drawdown. And that's what I told them I would keep. So far, so good. <laughs> so can we assume that you risk like close to 1% per trade? Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm only in, in, I don't have, put it this way. A few years ago, I tried splitting my lots into multiple little lots. Back then, I was getting paid by the pips. So for every pip that I turned in, they would give me $2. Regardless, it was if it was a full lot or a mini lot, it didn't matter. I just got paid two bucks for the pip. So if I could turn in, you know, a thousand pips, I'd get a pretty chunk of change for that day. So I tried splitting up a full lot into ten smaller pieces, and then turning that in at the end of the day as ten closed orders. And basically, the cost of doing that through commissions is not worth it. It's best for me to just move one big lot at once. Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. That's if I move one lot in, one lot out, I don't have to deal with FIFO. I don't have to deal with you know all this other stuff. Uh, drawdown is easier to maintain for me. I'm at my platform for literally three to four hours per day maximum, and I don't trade Sunday nights. I don't trade Friday. I have a pretty easy you know schedule. Mm -hmm. And I know you're kind of active online on Facebook and different things with other traders. Yep. yep. What do you think is the biggest problem that traders have right now? A lot that of they should are, work on. Uh, well, it's multifaceted. There's so much going on out there. Everybody has their own reasons for wanting to be a trader. And a lot of them rely on the influx of cash that comes with the job. Well, that's not necessarily so. You know, you have to be good at it before you get paid for it. And you can only get paid what you're worth. So if you're a crappy trader, you're going to get a crappy salary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're a good trader, you get a pretty decent salary. So practicing, 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 everybody tries to skip over that and go straight into live trading. And then they assume that doing it live has a more real feel to it. Well, no, it, you know, you're losing real money. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. You're still practicing. You're still acquiring a skill, but you can do that for free on demo. Until you've mastered the skill, one skill, one plan, one strategy, don't try a million different templates. Don't borrow your buddy's templates. Don't, you know, don't keep switching things around. Just stick to one strategy, one plan, one system, and you can, you can do extremely well in this. I posted a system, I think it was on the 24th of October, in one of the Facebook groups saying something about five pips before bed. And all it is is a MACD on any chart. And as soon as the, the uh, histogram crosses from above to below or below to above, zero, you get in. 
and get out as soon as you've gotten three pips or five pips. You will. It's impossible not to. Hence, that indicator, even though it's lagging, still provides you a decent signal. If you're the very basic, basic beginner, it doesn't have to be complicated. All you need is one line on your screen. And are you moving away from that line or towards that line? That's it. That's trading. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to guess that people who tried it probably dropped it not long after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once you lose a portion of your shirt and then you have to explain the loss to someone else, it pushes you away, absolutely pushes you away from trading. If you come back to it, you're coming back either because you're a gambler or you want your money back. <laughs> you know? So if you're trying to get your money back, then you're into revenge trading, and that's just as worse because you'll throw more money trying to get it back. So you're eventually going to end up a gambler. It's best to come up with one strategy and stick with it in demo until you prove yourself profitable. And the way to do that, there's plenty of websites out there that will connect to your demo accounts and keep track of your performances. And if you do build a track record, you can use that track record to sell yourself to hedge funds, to whomever. You know, that, that track record is your resume. There's very few of us out there that know how to do this profitably and consistently so. So, you know, keep that track record, keep your accounts documented. My FX book, I think, is yeah, one of them. That's a great one, for sure. Yeah, and uh, FX Blue, that's another one. I, I prefer FX Blue. It's got more of the uh, geeky feel to it and less adverts. <laughs> but that's just me. Uh -huh. so, but, but yeah, as far as everybody I've met on Facebook so far is they're asking for either a handout or a signal. And the, the signal will get you by maybe one or two trades, and that's about it. Like everything fails. There's nothing's infallible. Hence, human traders are still required. You know, yeah. we'll always be there. Yeah, and I think the more I go online, I think the more I realize that people are looking for the best system. Like they want to have the perfect thing that's going to work and give them the yeah. biggest profit. When I first started trading, I remember in the 90s, infomercials, 3 o'clock in the morning, they were promoting this red light, green light system. You know, it was infallible. Well, guess what? Leading into the big crash, everything was going up. Yeah. So it didn't matter if it had a red light. <laughs> you, you were only buying, 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 buying. So, of course, you know, everybody got scammed out of that one. Today, people are still looking for something similar. They're looking for a press button, you know, a microwave answer to their trading problems. That's not going to come that way. You, you have to put in the time. You have to figure out what works for you, what hurts you the most. You know, is it $50 or is it $5,000? How, how much are you willing to lose on each and every trade? You need to figure that out before you put the trade on. And then it, that way, if you lose it, it's a mosquito bite. It's not a big sting. It doesn't have to hurt if you plan it ahead. You know, there's a plan to get in, a plan to get out, and a plan B. And I think even this is dangerous, though, because people are maybe going to say, well, I'm, I'm fine to lose $5,000, but then they'll get in a trade or they'll get in a few trade, have a few losing trade, yeah. and they'll get, they're going to realize that they cannot send $5,000. That's right. That's so right. Even if you <laughs> try to convince yourself before, it might not work. So you might want to check whether it's really right. Well, absolutely. If you could do that in demo and then try and figure out a strategy that will grant you, let's say, a 70% win rate, and then try that out with a 0.1 lot. 
and do that for a hundred trades before mm-hmm. you invest a point too long, you know, and then do that again and again and again. You have to earn the right to grow. You, you can't just full out put in a hundred thousand dollars into an account and start trading a full lot. You'll blow your account in ten trades. You know, it's really really simple that way. Yeah, I love it. Love it. That's great. <laughs> yeah, if you start with let's say one thousand dollars and start with a point oh one, you can trade for ten years. You'll grow that equity curve, no problem. You will if you come up with a system that grants you more winners than losers, and you have to make sure that your winners are slightly bigger than your losers, and you can cover your commission. That's it. You know, depending on your brokerage account, some accounts you're charged a spread, some account you're charged a commission. Yeah, I'm guessing that for your account, you're getting charged a commission, right, for every trade. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot simpler that way. For accounting purposes and taxes and all this kind of stuff. Oh yeah, okay. And you have no spread at all, no? Yeah, point oh one. Okay, yeah, pretty they, small. <laughs> they have to get paid. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. So, what do you think the listeners should get out of this interview, or what's the main takeaway? The main takeaway, boy, oh boy, ninety-nine percent flat for sure. That's something that has to be in everybody's mind, right? And then don't play with scared money. That's the second biggest thing because that will lead to revenge trading and all this other big stuff that you don't want to get yourself into. And if you can limit your trading with a time frame, be it two hours in the morning, make it the same two hours all the time. Don't willy-nilly and pick two hours in the morning one day, then two hours in the afternoon. It has to be on schedule. This is like military clockwork. Everything has to be regimented, journaled clockwork. Yeah, I love that, by the way. That's a good advice for sure. Oh, yeah, it, it, it needs to. It's for your own benefit. You won't know what you're doing wrong because you did it two days ago, and the outcome happens to be now. So the trade you placed on Tuesday finishes right now. If you put more than one trade at a time, then there's no way you can remember what that trade was all about last Tuesday. So the, the journal comes in really, really handy for debriefing, you know, finding out what went wrong and where. And even for accolades, you know, put a little smiley face when you do good. Buy yourself a steak dinner when you do good. You know, you have to reward yourself. Pull money out of your account when you do good. Don't try and grow it too rapidly. You've earned the salary. So, you know, for every thousand dollars that you generate, pull out two, three, four hundred and leave the rest in there to grow. You know, your family can enjoy your rewards also. Yeah, I love it. And for the people who still don't have a journal, even though we talk about that a lot, How do you keep your journal exactly? For me personally, it's a little notepad that sits in your shirt pocket. Oh. And I take it with me everywhere. I go to the coffee shop. I go everywhere with my little notepad and my pen. Because I place very few trades, I can easily keep track. And I know ahead of, day, ahead of my day which pairs I'm going to be trading. Uh, like I'm not switching halfway through. If I'm there for four hours, I'm there for four hours trading one pair. I'll journal. You know, I have one of those little notepads. For each one of my symbols, and then I'll just keep that. And at the end of the week, I correlate everything into uh, a big binder. But that's you know I've been doing that this way for a number of years. I'm kind of uh, a jackass that way. I don't. I'm slow to move forward with technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's something I like. But you don't take any picture of your trade or any screenshot. Yes, I do. More so now with Facebook. You know, I'm I'm more apt to sharing than before. Before I wasn't allowed to. When I traded uh, with Bluepoint and stuff, there was some restrictions. But 
Yeah, now I, I can. It's a non-issue, you know. Provided people are asking or willing to to listen, I, I'll provide the help with the screenshot and the markups and stuff. But a lot of it, there's really not much there to look at. <laughs> it's just a price chart. <laughs> no, yeah, but I guess it's good at the beginning when you wanna. Oh yeah. Make sure yeah, that, that you took the right setup. There are a few basic indicators that come in really handy for the beginners, like a 50 SMA. If you're unsure of the trend, put a 50 SMA. Is it going, like from which corner to which corner is it going? From bottom up or top down? And Yeah, that's pretty simple. <laughs> that's really, really simple, you know. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people will have a problem with that. They don't know what the trend is. And then you throw in money management and then they get all baffled. They can't even keep a budget at home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're really trying to confuse them by throwing more and more and more complicated things instead of making things really, really simple. You know, when my dad was trading stocks, you used to take the price from the Sunday paper and plot it on his own graph paper, make his own chart. And I used to watch him do this every Sunday. And then I, that, that, that's kind of funny because about five years ago, I asked him what got him started. And basically, he said the weekly chart. And that makes sense. He only got the paper on Sunday. So he, yeah. he was plotting a weekly price and he was trading a weekly chart. And figuratively speaking, my parents, both of them retired in their 50s. So I guess he did quite well for himself. You know, it doesn't have to be complicated. It really doesn't. This whole thing with EAs and, and robots to do everything for you, it's basically sucking your wallet dry through commissions, through spreads, and maybe losses. No, that's definitely huge. Yeah. So how can people find you exactly? Well, I do have a website. My Facebook page is always there. The website I'm working on, on and off, on and off. I used to use it a lot as more of a uh, my own little private, like a venting place, <laughs> boasting. Mm -hmm. I'd post some of my records there. But yeah, there's comment section on that website. Facebook, I'm always available. My phone is always on. I'm not sure if I have my contact info on Facebook, but I can surely put it there. Yeah, so we'll make sure to put all the links in the show notes. People can check that out. Yeah, absolutely. It's artotrade.com. People can yeah. go there and find all the links. So we'll make sure to put everything there. Yeah, yeah. I'm more than happy to help people learn to lose professionally, you know, because that's what we are, a professional. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know? I love that. But we're professional losers. Michael Jordan, how many shots to the net, did he to, to the basket, did he have to before yeah. he became what he is you know like millions not all of them were good shots so imagine what we're trying to do in the long term on our own because there is no teacher you know the best thing you can do is find yourself a mentor and that's probably someone that's been through the trenches it's not somebody that's gone through school because there is no school for this no, uh, school doesn't work <laughs> no school doesn't work and that's why there's so few of us you know it's awesome it's a limited club up here yeah, that's great. So, Jean-François, what kind of goal do you have for the future? Well, basically, I want to beat this cancer. Just last March, I was diagnosed with leukemia, so that's been keeping me at home. I've restructured my business around that, so I very, very seldomly trade for my own. What you see on Facebook is mostly demo. If I take a trade and post it on Facebook, that will be through a demo account. But, yeah, I, uh, I've got to do what i got to do to stay above ground, you know. Yeah, well, we all sincerely hope that you're going to get back on track and awesome. Thanks. Again. Sure. Oh, I got a good team of doctors. I love the Canadian healthcare. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point. Good point. <laughs> so, Jean-Claude, so we always have a question we ask the guests at the end of the podcast. 
And that question can be tough, but if you had to give only one piece of advice for traders, what would that one piece of advice be? Hmm. One piece of advice, eh? Well, well, you are your own holy grail. So find your own system. You know, one single line is all you need and stay 99% flat. That's okay. it. I love it. That's a great one. Really good one. So Jean-Francois Boucher, thanks so much for being on our podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you here. You're welcome. And we look forward to catch up with you again. All right, guys. So I hope you took something out of this interview with Jean-Francois Boucher. And really, there's something here that you have to apply. You could listen to a thousand episodes of the podcast, but if you don't apply anything, you won't get forward. So I want you to pick one thing that you're going to apply. And if you want to see more interviews, more help from traders, check out desiretotrade.com forward slash podcast. You'll see all the lists there. And pick one to listen to. Don't get overwhelmed, but pick something to apply right away. Because the only way to move forward in trading is to apply things and to experiment. So try it out. If you want more help, check out the Desire to Trade Academy. Go on desiretotrade.com forward slash join academy. And this is where you will see everything I'm doing to help people and all the courses I've been putting out there recently. If you just want to connect with me, check out the Facebook group at desiretotrade.com forward slash group. And I'll probably connect with you there. And on that note, I'll see you in the next episode of the Desire to Trade podcast. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Desire to Trade podcast. To get all the information on this show, free articles, and unique resources, make sure to check out www.desiretotrade.com and subscribe. Please leave us a review and let us know what you thought about the show. It's time to become the best trader you can be. See you next time.